T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Loveline with neo-feminist entrepreneur and talk show host, Amber Rose. I'm going to be talking about sex, relationships, and self-confidence. Everything from sexual curiosity to self-empowerment. Amber is joined by certified sex therapist, Dr. Chris Donahue. I'll be talking about my own personal experiences and answering intimate questions from fans. This is Loveline with Amber Rose. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> this is Love Line with Amber Rose and Dr. Chris Donahue. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's going on? Chilling, man. Just coming down from my fucking crazy pool party. That was quite a party. <laughs> yo, that shit was lit. I had to, like, smack myself in the face and, like, get in a like, cold shower at the end of the night. I had one too many shots. It was kind of crazy. My favorite moment was uh, watching your mom be the first to jump in the pool. <laughs> yeah, she Just was. floating in her dress. She's like, let's get the party started. I'm like, oh God, mom. I, I kept hiding because Brandon was uh, working the mic and he kept being like, Dr. Donahue, we need you in the pool. You didn't get in the pool, did you? I did not get in the pool. I was you not, suck. I wasn't ready. I was wearing my boots. Oh my God. <laughs> you had to look cute. Ugh. But the funniest moment, <clears throat> I was cracking up because I would just stand there talking to some people and in the background, out of nowhere, as though it was Corey Choreographed and staged <laughs> and all put together on this big blow up pink flamingo, Tori Bricks just goes floating by in this like holding the neck, arched back, yeah. cover of a magazine. Like just the lighting was right, her hair was right, the water splashed, and she just skidded right by. And I was like, that was a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Tori, a Tori moment. is all about a moment. She Shout out to Tori Bricks. She's fucking nuts. But you look stunning. You were doing your um, Marilyn Monroe wig. Yes. Uh, well, it was more material girl, yes. but yeah, for sure. It was, um, you know, I, I wanted to have a glamorous moment with all the diamonds and the 1950s suit and shit. It was cute. <laughs> I had a blast. It was awesome. I got fucking wasted. Okay. Um, I have a really cool story for you. You ready to hear this? Tell me. Okay. So <laughs> British scientists discover a way to stop sperm from swimming with like nasal spray. So you can basically, <laughs> all right. So you're about to get it popping with this guy. Right. right. And you, you know, I hate birth control pills. It fucks up my period. You know, it's just a hassle. You got to take it every day around the same time every day. People right. don't know that. Um, or get on like, you know, the the ring or like all kinds of shit that you got to put up in your vagina. Um, but so now they're saying that it's like a nasal spray or a pill that you can take literally minutes before. Yeah, that's amazing, though. Having sex. Yeah. You don't have to be, quote unquote, fully prepared. Yeah. You just have to be prepared enough to have one in the nightstand. Right. But then it's like our guys, you know. Are they are they gonna remember more? I feel like I feel like because we have the babies and we get pregnant, we're, we're like, oh shit, we're not gonna miss a pill. Right, you take more responsibility. Yeah, yeah, because you you suffer a larger impact. Right, your life in the very least is shifted for nine months. For sure, if nothing else. Yeah, if not forever. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, forever. On your, on your own. For sure. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. So I, I had a really great meeting a couple days ago with the National Council for Teen Pregnancy. And they met with me to talk about contraception. Okay. <clears throat> and they actually brought this up. And they were saying that they did their own study and most men said they wouldn't use it. Ready for why? Why? Not only because a lot of men are, are lazy and they don't want to start to take on that responsibility, but it was also because the studies show that it, you know, like anything that involves some hormonal shifts that they might break out or have some weight gain. And the guys were like, nah, we're good. Oh, oh, <laughs> the nerve. <laughs> So we had to freaking get fat and have babies yes. or take birth control and get fat. <clears throat> That's right. And then it's like, oh, you know, you, you, honey, you're kind of gaining a lot of weight. And it's like, I'm on fucking birth control. We don't both need to put weight on Amber. Oh my God. <laughs> just you, just These you. fucking guys. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, but this is what's really powerful. So, you know, guys, there's, there's a, there's a, a message in your willingness or lack thereof to do this with a partner. Yeah. You know, if a guy's willing to do this, what a beautiful act of love and care for you. For that sure. He's saying, you know, you no longer have to take full responsibility for whether or not we have a child and contraception and safe sex and all that. So we'll see what happens. I, I you know, I want to see more studies done. It claims that, you know, within a few days, the effects wear off and the man would be fertile again. So that's important. And then I also feel like guys are all about like their like cum and semen. They kind of probably feel like less of a man if it doesn't work as well meaning if it doesn't work what if people like if still... you can't like it's like i feel like a guy would feel better if a girl was protecting herself against right. pregnancy you know what i mean like they would feel like more emasculated sure how would they feel in that temporary space of knowing that they can't that they're not fertile right? exactly yeah i know and again that's just the gross you know, ridiculousness and oversensitivity to male masculinity that somehow it's tied to your ability to, you know, make a baby. Wow. Produce fertile sperm. You know, I work with a lot of guys that don't have fertile sperm and yeah. it truly takes a heavy hit on them. Yeah. And there's tons of options to still be able to, you know, help a couple have a child, but a lot of guys really can't handle some of those other See, options. See, I'm, I'm scared of this, this nasal spray and pill because, I mean, it's just going to prevent a lot of girls from trapping dudes and you know i'm all for that you are you were talking i think it was just last week about how you're ready for another one and you gotta get <laughs> I'm yourself ready to some trap sperm a motherfucker. Yeah. he better not have no nasal because spray. he might be doing a, some some nasal puffs <laughs> on the side on the dl without you knowing that's the thing dude if you don't want to get trapped keep one of these in your pockets and right. before you go on a date do a little quick puff puff yes you know when you wrap them legs around at the end when you know he's about to come <laughs> the death you ain't grip. going nowhere <laughs> and you just came out dance with stars so you got some strong ass muscles in those mm. legs excuse <laughs> You. Don't play with me, honey. I'm gonna trap your ass. All right, well, that was a warning. If you're going to date with Amber, have your nasal spray ready because she's gonna trap you. Oh my god! All right. Well, I guess the conclusion is that most guys won't do it anyway. So yeah, I'm well in the clear. Done. Well done. So this is actually kind of cool. So there's another story about. I guess it's more topical. Should you or should you not give your partner passwords to your phone? your computer, your social media. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> this is the thing, right? So <laughs> I'm all for, okay. This is my thing. Mm -hmm. If I'm, if I'm getting into a really committed relationship, right? Okay. Um, I feel like honesty and communication is very, very important. Right. So I usually would like to change my phone number. 
and ex- expect the other person to change their phone number as well if they feel up to it in order to start over or if you go through a really rough spot in your relationship I think it's really good to change your phone numbers and kind of start over. Change your change your cell phone number. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, wow. I, the reason why I say like the because we're talking about password and sure. privacy, right? So, if you're going through a rough patch, I think that's a really cool, not necessarily solution, but a way to stop the arguments because if you do give your partner your phone password or something like that, sure. Um, <clears throat> The text messages aren't coming in okay. from old people. Look, and- let's, let's break it down. Okay. I, I was seeing someone. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was serious. We were spending every day together. Feelings were growing. We might have dropped the L word, the love word. And there would be times where be like the phone would be like, ding, mm-hmm. ding, and it's pictures. Yeah. Because everyone has a past when you enter their life. And, and I'm a pretty secure, confident person, more so than most people, such that I'm really understanding you had a life before me, but there was still a shift in my body. Yeah. As there are naked pictures coming in, like, what are you doing? Right. What are you up to? You right. want to bang? And, and I agree with you. So that's really hard to encounter. I've never thought, though, of changing my number, and right? I've never been asked to. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think it's really, really good to do that when you when you when you feel very committed to someone or you take that that step into like a really serious relationship. If you guys both change your numbers at the same time, it's like, look, you're not going to see the naked pictures coming in because I'm literally going to give out my number to the people that I actually want to have it. And, you know, and, and so it's like, hey, my password is one, two, three, four, bro. You can look through my shit. I don't. So, okay. So that, I guess that's the follow up. So you would, you would advise changing numbers and then you'd say, and after doing that, I'm more than happy to give you passwords as well. Yeah. Get up on my Instagram direct messages. Well, I just feel like, I feel like if it's mutual, if it's, if I'm giving my password and he's not giving up his, I have a problem with that. But if it's mutual, it really stops a lot of arguing, a lot of, um, you know, thinking fucked up things like, is this guy texting you or is that guy texting you? You know, nobody's texting me. We both changed our numbers at the same time. You see the text messages come in when you glance over at my phone, because if you care about someone, you're going to glance over at their phone when when they when they get a text message. You just did it at mine when it ran. Yeah, ago. I did. I was Your like, eyes yo, naturally your door buzzer is calling. <laughs> you know, that's because you're my work husband, so I can look. <laughs> you got two tabs on me, <laughs> right? Wait, you still in my head spinning about the changing the numbers thing. I I haven't really sat and processed that. Um, I'll say this: what a beautiful symbolic act of care and commitment if someone's willing to do that mm-hmm. and then redistribute the new number to people that you care about. I guess it goes both ways. I know if I'm seeing someone do I myself want people still sexting me even if my other doesn't know about it Mm. do I want to be uh interrupted by that do I want to be tempted by that do I want to be pulled in by that it's a really powerful question that we should even ask ourselves well yeah and that and that's the thing also Chris is that you still have the numbers in your phone you can always if if it's over between you and you Mm -hmm. know the relationship you can always be like, yo, this is Chris. This is my new right. number. They're in the cloud. Mo- yeah, like <laughs> months later. But like during that time, <clears throat> it's a very safe place where, you know, it's just like, yo, I'm committed to you. No one is texting my phone until I text them and let them know what my fucking new number is. But I think it's great. I, I prefer that um, when I get serious with someone. 
Um, that's ideally what I like to do is change my number. So if you're, so if someone asks you to do that, I guess you have to really be willing to let go of your past ties to things. Because again, you know, as a couples therapist, I work with a lot of couples where my goodness, a lot of the fights are started by, again, a random dick pic coming in a strange hour. Yeah. Did you want that? Did you ask for that? Are you talking to Change your still? fucking number. It <clears throat> takes two minutes and you like can that. always, if it doesn't work out in this new relationship, you still have the num. You're not deleting numbers. Right. You're just you're just not letting people get in contact with you during this time. You can always send them your new number later. So what would you do if a new other of yours said to you, I'm not willing to do that or I'm not ready to do that? I would understand that. But okay. then that means I'm not going to do it either. <clears throat> it has to be mutual. I'm not going to change my number and be committed 100% if you're not willing to do the same. So don't get mad at me if a dick pic comes in my phone because you're not willing to take the step with me. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of maturity and a lot of things we're talking about. Cause I know, I know for me, I, I would not, if, if, if I found out that I was seeing someone and they were looking in my phone, my honest first thought would be, what have I done or what have I not done that made you think you couldn't talk to me about an insecurity or what have I done or not done that made you think there might be something to find? Like but I'd want to sit every, down and talk, but that not out. everyone is as mature not. as we are. Of course not. I agree you with you. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. It just, it brought that forward where I was thinking about that. Like, you know, the idea that a lot of people need that to feel safe because their partner won't say to them, Hey, um, this isn't working out for me anymore. You right. need to know that. Or, Hey, so-and-so I'm seeing other people still. I'm seeing other people yeah. still. Or, Hey, I've been recently wanting to have sex with other people. Let's talk about what that, what that means for us. Does that mean we need to have more sex as a couple? Does that mean we have to have a different kind of sex? Does that mean we You're need to break up? You're a sex therapist, Chris. I know. Like you think of all these things and, pe- and other people are like, Oh my God, I want to have sex with someone else. I can never ever tell Chris or, or isn't that fascinating you know? though? Like yeah. it, it's this, it's like I date people and they jokingly are like, you're too woke. And I'm like, well, the thing is, is I, I don't ever want my relationship run from my anxiety. I yeah. want it to run, be run from the yes. best in me. I want to be better each time. And so I, I'm with you. Um, it's a really interesting thing to get a new number. Yeah. And literally anytime, like I, I take someone seriously, it's like, you know, I'm like, listen, Let's be friends first. Right. Come to me. Talk to me about everything. I'm going to talk to you about everything. Let's yeah. have that closeness. <clears throat> and, you know, and then I'll be like, hey, are you seeing other people? No, no way. I'm not seeing other people. Okay, cool. I'm not seeing other people either. And if then you were, I find, it's okay for them yeah, to say, I, hey, Amber, I still am. I still want to. Exactly. But most people won't do that. They won't fucking do that. And then I'll be like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm like talking to like three other guys like right now and shit. And if I like this person the most, I'll be like, look, I'm, I'm vibing with you the most right now. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, until we take it to the next level, I'm kind of just, you know, weighing out my options, but I still really like you. And that's, and And they don't give me that. They fucking lied to me. I'm not seeing nobody. And then I find out and I'm just like, you're a fucking liar. And I can't even be bothered with you because I don't even trust you as a friend. Yeah. And that's kind of the message I guess I want everyone to hear. Number one, like it's okay if you are currently in the midst of gently, slowly getting to know a couple people because some people relationship, they don't date. Mm -hmm. They meet one person and they immediately want nothing else around. And that's going right into a relationship, which is fine if that's That's, what you and this person are open to. That's that's fine. That's not bad. But there are some people that prefer to date, which means there's a couple people that they're getting to know. There are some people who they want to actually, they want to not relationship, they want to date and they want to slowly get to know a couple different people and then decide once they get to know one or each of them more, who's more suited for them. And that's appropriate too. Mm -hmm. I'm more like 
both. I kind of do both where mm-hmm. I'm a dater and a relationship or where there are some times where I've gone right into relationship. Yeah. Just me I, you. I guess that, I guess I would say I'm the same as well. Cause I'll date, but once I really like someone, I'll fucking cut everybody off and sure. I'll be like, yo, I'm all about you. <clears throat> like, I just want to focus this on you. This is where me and you are the same. We both like a lot of intimacy, a lot of closeness. We want to spend a lot of time throughout our day checking in, mm-hmm talking, getting to know each other. Like, I love that. I'm one of those people that will say, send me a picture of what you're doing right now. Send me a picture of you at whatever it is you're doing. I want to know where you are. Here's a picture where I'm at. So yeah, that's interesting. I have still not heard that. Change your numbers. Change your fucking number, bro. It's not even about giving out passwords. Yeah. All right. So a minute ago, I just showed Amber two photos Mm. of two women. Mm, mm, mm. And I said, Amber, what do you notice about these women? I said they're fucking hot. Right. And guess what? They're robots. They are robots. They're sex robots. You know, I, so I saw like this documentary, um, before and it was like realistic dolls and they had like suction in their vaginas to make the guy feel like really good. And, um, it was like, they, that was kind of like the third person in like the threesome and like marriages and shit. Wait, they were using the robot as the third. Yeah. Oh, damn. So the That's wife, smart. the wife wasn't getting jealous. The husband was still like, kind of like, you know, kind of like, you know, b- able to have sex with another person kind of. Sure. Another outlet, something new and novel. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so, and they look so realistic though. And then, so you can actually go say, Hey, I want Black hair, blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes, blonde hair, dumb fatty, big tits, whatever, and kind of make it your own. That's that that's amazing. You know, I'm a proponent of all this. There's a lot of people that worry that these dolls are gonna replace a person. Mm. No, no, not possible. Why? Because anyone that wants relationship, you can't necessarily get that from these robots. They can't provide that. There are some there are some people okay. that fall in love with the so robots. Let's talk, wait, let's talk about this because I've seen the, it happen. I, no, there's a documentary called I can't remember. Is this the same documentary I'm it talking about? It might be. And it's about what they call, I mean, the big word is like objectum sexuality, which is where you fall in love with non-human Object. objects. Right. The woman married like a carousel. Yes. And yes. the guy was and making love to the car. Yes. That's so yes, sick. the woman was married. The one woman married the Eiffel Tower. Is this that one? She went at a ceremony and married the Eiffel Tower. Jesus Christ. I no, mean, but I've so, seen this one like black dude mm-hmm. that married one of these dolls. That is an old documentary. It's I've old. seen that as well. He has like longer hair, maybe. Yes. He's goth. Yes. He's got a little shit. like yes. He had like a little apartment, <laughs> and he was like he was like had his totally, arm like totally. watched movies he was and all shit. All in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, that does happen. I mean, that, that's in the minority. You know, we can we can eroticize and get turned on by anything. We can form a relationship <laughs> with anything. We can develop a psychological bond. We all have an object that if it were to break or get stolen or lost, your heart would be broken. There's an attachment. Yeah. It can totally happen. But the general population is not going to be willing, I believe, to forego touch, eye contact, conversation, warmth, and all that for a doll. So I'm not worried. I think it's really great for people that are lonely, people that want to switch things up, yeah. people that want to try being with different genders or races or kinds of bodies, mm-hmm. people that want to bring in a third and their partner's not open to that. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think, th- I mean, wh- where's the guy doll at? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I, that industry seems to be real slow and moving, moving not as quickly. Yeah. But I mean, they should have special orders though. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm sure you, know? you can get attachments. Yeah. You could pick the size. What would, you what pick- would yours look like? 
Oh, I would get one in every color. <laughs> I like Greedy. a little variety. <laughs> For real. Oh, that's amazing. These are really sexy. These are good pictures. No, they are really, really, yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, your birthday just passed, so next year. Yeah. All right. So, um, so guys, please make sure you subscribe to lovelinewitharamberose.com and uh, call us with your questions, please. We love all your questions. It's 213-375-5258. That's 213-375-5258. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Shout out to Anne, our producer. <laughs> producer Anne is killing it today. <laughs> all right, all right. So our first caller is Sarah. Hey, Amber. Hey, Chris. Um, okay, so there's this guy, and I really like him, but the problem is, He's a raging alcoholic, and he doesn't drink around me, but he does drink all the time when we're not together. And basically, we started fucking, and it was it's great, but I only hear from him like once a month. And the question I'm asking is, how do you let go of someone who you know will not ultimately make you happy? Go ahead, give your one-liner. How do you get over someone? Get under somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing, <clears throat> Sarah. I always give, I always give uh, Doctor Daniels three three uh, checklist rules to how you know you should or can get right out of a relationship. Number one, if someone's an untreated addict, you should leave the relationship. If someone has mental health issues that they're not willing to address, you should leave the relationship. And number three, if they're psychologically or physically abusive. Yeah. This guy's in an undealt with addiction. He's not going to be available to you. You see him once a month. Yeah, and you already know that you're not going to be. You literally just said that you know that you're not going to be happy ultimately. You're not happy now. Yeah, you're not happy now. So let's not be in denial. That's a a lot of things. A lot of times with women, excuse me, and I wrote this in my book, that we are always in denial. We think it might get better. Or we'll literally say like exactly what it is. And then be like, I don't know if I should, you know, kind of stick right. it out. You just said that you're not happy. Yes. You're not going to be happy. You're going to literally have to take care of him. Yeah, because here's the thing. Often it's not about whether or not we like them or attracted to them. They like us. You might like him. He might like you. You might want to be his girlfriend. He might want, uh, you might want to be his girlfriend. He might want you to be. That doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you're compatible. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like you are. So Sarah, take, uh, you know, off, send him off to get some help, but you should look into dating someone else. For sure. Good luck. Our next is Stacy. Hey, Amber and Dr. Chris. This is Stacy. Um, so I've been dating these guys that can't seem to keep their dicks hard. They tell me in the middle of the foreplay <laughs> that they are nervous. So how can I keep them hard and not to be not for them to be so nervous? Okay, so I think coming from a male's perspective, and definitely not Dr. Chris Donahue because he's very understanding, but guys would say, oh, that's because, you know, either your pussy stinks or they're not that attracted to you. But I'm going to tell you because, Stacey, I deal with the same thing, that a lot of guys that I've been with cannot stay hard because they're very, very nervous around me. So I completely relate to that. 
I honestly, if they can say that, I honestly don't think it has anything to do with you at all. And I don't think you should feel bad about it. Um, I think that they're actually nervous. And they're telling you that they're actually nervous. And when guys are nervous, sometimes it's very hard to, to stay hard. Yeah, erection requires relaxation. And they're not able to do that. So number one, you have to not take responsibility. It's not your job to get someone hard. It's our jobs to get and stay hard on our own. So you have to back off of that. That might mean you have to get comfortable having non-penetrative sex mm -hmm. because it might take them a while to get comfortable with you. So there's oral sex, there's finger use, there's toy use, there's mutual masturbation. Maybe take the foreplay and extend it and make it longer so there's more time for them to settle down and relax and really focus more on the arousal experience. Um, but yeah. I always think like kissing and heavy petting is really good because sometimes when you when you get into like the oral and the finger and stuff like that, it, it still is very intimidating for sure. a guy that's already scared. So if you're just making out and touching each other, I think that's a good way to kind of um, get him used to being around you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad that these guys are confident enough to tell you that they're a little anxious or overwhelmed um, so it doesn't make you personalize. You know, yeah, their lack of it's arousal. not you, honey. Yeah, but um, yeah, hang in there. Try try what we and, say. And welcome to my life, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next is Danielle. Hi, my name is Danielle. Firstly, I wanted to say thank you for doing this podcast. It's really great. I've really enjoyed listening to it. Um, I have a question. I am in a relationship. It's great. He's great. Um, he is always really focused on getting me off because he's a real man. <laughs> but um, I have found that with him and with boyfriends before, I can get off through oral, but I always have to have like a storyline going through my head. And I can't just like be in the moment and get off by like this person that's going down on me. I've tried really hard to like just focus on him and like, I don't know if I'm just, like, tripping myself out or what, but, like, I would like to be able to just, like, get off by, like, you know, watching him do his thing. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And yeah, I, you're, you're tripping yourself out. I'd like to be able to just come without touching myself for anyone doing anything, I think but I'm I, not going to have that happen. Right. Uh, if it doesn't turn you on to watch him, it just doesn't turn you on. If you like the, to have a story in your head or fantasize while he's doing it, I think that's amazing. Yeah, here's the thing. <laughs> Sex is going to come in many different forms, and arousal is powerfully often fused and paired with different thoughts and experiences, and we don't have a lot of power over changing that. We can't make someone not be gay. We can't make someone not be turned on by feet. You've somehow wired that in. It might be there to stay. Enjoy it. Yeah. Go with it. Shit. I you wish I could always... do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I actually, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna, when I'm something's gonna, going down, you're going to have a story in your head? Yeah, I'm going to think about something just extremely sexy and, and fucking, or like the fantasy or something. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, when you're having sex, I always tell people find other things to add into it to make the arousal level higher. So you can go in and out of that. When I'm having sex, I'm sometimes looking, thinking about the person in front of me. Other times my head's wandering. I'm thinking about someone I had sex with, you know, the hour before. Or watching TV <laughs> while I'm getting head. Aaron's watching TV and she's thinking Homeland. about all the shoes she's going to buy. Homeland. That season's coming back. I can't it's wait. Homeland's fucking it's good, good, bro. Show. There's nothing like watching Homeland while that getting head. Get, that'll get us off. <laughs> all right, Danielle, don't stress. All right, next caller is Rose. Hi, Amber Rose. My name is Rose, too. Um, I love 
your show and what you're doing with it, and I think that it's really empowering. Um, I am 39 weeks pregnant, and I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit about your experience with pregnancy and giving birth. Thank you so much. Oh, this is a very different question for us. Um, yes. Yeah, so my pregnancy, I had morning sickness 24 hours a day, nine months straight. Um, it was like the worst Vegas hangover every single day of my pregnancy. It was horrible. But um, my son was breached. That means he was sitting straight up facing my back sitting Indian style. So I had to make an appointment for a C-section. Um, so my birthing process was really, really easy. I didn't feel anything. They kind of just cut them out real quick. And, um, yeah, so, uh, I, I highly recommend you have a natural birth. It's just better for the baby. Um, also breastfeeding is really good for the baby as well. If you're going to, you know, it's it's very hard and don't feel bad if you can't breastfeed you know Similac will get your baby nice and fat and healthy as well but um yeah my pregnancy really really sucked but I got the greatest gift which is Sebastian oh thanks Rose welcome to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it all right our next caller is from John. Hello. Um, hi, Amber. Um, I have a question about a uh, situation I'm in right now. Um, I contracted herpes in 2009, and um, I take um, my uh, and I take suppressive medication, so I prevent, prevent breakouts. And um, I've had girlfriends for three years and didn't use protection, and never uh, the, the, my my partner never contracted it. Um, so I usually do announce that situation before I sleep with somebody. Um, that way, you know, I'm communicating and being proper. Um, unfortunately, I, my, my most recent um, encounter, I did not say anything. I didn't expect it to happen. And, and then now we're, we're both are catching feelings, and I have not disclosed that information yet. And we have, and we went and we don't wear a condom, and we have um, quite a bit amount of sex. Um, it's so I just. You know, I guess how and or when or I mean, just say I was, I've already thought about it and just to tell her right away right now. So, John, you got to do it immediately. The longer Wait, you- question. Sure. So if you don't have a breakout, you can't give the person herpes. Nope, you can. Oh, you can. You can. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily only get transmitted while having a breakout. It is reduced severely, but it is still possible. Oh, wow. And what you want to make sure you do is you want to make sure you're giving your partners the option of deciding whether or not they want to engage and set themselves up for the possibility of contracting something. Look, my heart goes out to you. I can't imagine what it's like to have to disclose something like that. There's so much social stigma around STDs, which is odd because in our culture, we don't shame someone for getting the flu or a virus from their office colleague. Right. I mean, it can literally happen like... You could be with one person totally. in your entire life totally. and it can happen. Look, we right. get viruses and and bacterial infections from doorknobs, sick babies, airplanes, door handles, mm. and we're willing to accept that. But the minute it's sexual-based, we want to shame that person, right. and that's unfortunate. Um, but you need to tell her immediately. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to be for her to hear, and the more you're setting her up to possibly... Um, get in, an infection, but um, I applaud you for usually being willing to tell all your partners. Yeah, I, 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 
I would feel better if someone told me, see, I don't, I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. I thought like if you, if you didn't have an outbreak, then you couldn't spread it because it was skin to skin contact. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that you should tell her it's kind of like give her an option to say no and don't be selfish just because you like her a lot. That's right. Cool. Okay. Our next caller is Kara. Hey, Amber and Dr. Chris. This is Kara. I am calling from Tennessee. I have a two-part question for you. The first is uh, more, I guess, for Amber. I am recently single. I'm 30 years old and been in two major relationships in my life. And I have a lot of anxiety every time I am asked out on a date or I'm getting ready to go out. And I just wanted to get your advice on how to kind of tone down that anxiety so I can be uh, natural and calm when I go out on these dates and put my best self forward. Then the second part of my question was more for Dr. Chris. I have been a divorce attorney for about five years now, and I am actually thinking of transitioning uh, into a second career of being more of a sex and relationship therapist and wanted to know what sort of uh, studies he might recommend that I go back to school for to help me transition into that line of work down the road. So I appreciate any advice you have to give on both of these questions. I do love your show so much. I always have fun listening to it. Thanks, Kara. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll start off. So how to be calm before you go on a date. Okay, I still have anxiety before I go on a date. I think everyone kind of does, especially when it's the first date. Um, It's so funny. I saw a meme the other day, and it was like, it was like, don't be weird don't be uh don't say anything stupid and then it was like it was like a little like gothic like weird looking doll with like black <laughs> lipstick and shit it's like don't dress weird but and then it was like literally me but i do shit it like was literally that. you no i mean like literally like that's how i feel I, oh, right. I say like you know like oh my god don't be weird don't say anything stupid but then i'll show up to the date in like black lipstick a leather jacket <laughs> and like i'll be like yeah i've been to wales i love wales you know like <laughs> oh it's so adorable and then, me, <laughs> the guy's like wow she's fucking weird but um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's okay to feel a little nervous, maybe a little shot before you go out. Um, don't get drunk because then you're gonna say some crazy Please shit. Please don't get drunk. Do not get drunk. I think like a tiny little shot relax you a little bit, and you know shots make you feel a little sexy sometimes. And just go out there and be yourself. That's most important. Just literally be exactly who you are and don't sell him a dream. Don't act like you're somebody else. Yes. Let me be Dr. Donahue for a minute. Yes. You, we go on dates so we can be known and not so we can be liked. And the anxiety is often, I want to make sure he likes me. I want to make sure she likes me. It's not about being liked. That means you're going to change your behavior and show up in a way that you think you have to. I want Amber to show up on her date with her black lipstick being like, I like whales. Because yeah. her date needs to know that she likes whales. I love whales. I don't want her to roll in <laughs> pretending she likes something else, you know? Yeah. So show up as yourself. And it's good. You want to find out whether or not you guys are a match. And you can only do that if you show up as yourself. So roll in there as you are. No, for sure. Don't 
sell a dream. I like that quote. So, um, what can she? What classes can she take to be a sex therapist? Oh man, such a long question. Okay, so the short of a really long answer is you absolutely need to get your master's so you can get licensed as a therapist to practice. Period, and then. Um, Gosh, it, de- it depends how far you really want to go. To actually become a truly certified sex therapist, there's an organization called ASECT, which certifies them. It took me, I think, three to five years to accumulate all the requirements to be able to get certified. There's only about 500 of us in the entire world that are truly certified. Even there's a lot of y'all running around saying you're sex therapist or not if you're not certified. But I also went into two doctoral programs, one in psych and one in human sexuality. I think you need to get as, uh, I, what I really tell them is it's not about the institution you go to. It doesn't matter where you go to school. People are like, what school did you go to? And I say, it doesn't matter. I had to unlearn all of it. I wrote a book trying to tell you what really should be known about sexuality that you will not learn in school. But you got to go to school to get the master's, to get licensed or the doctorate. Oh, well, that um, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But it's really about all the reading you do afterwards. And here's the most controversial thing I'll say. You can't be a good chef if you're not cooking and trying foods all the time. You can't be a good writer if you're not writing every day. Please don't think you'll be a good sex therapist if you're not having tons of sex. If you haven't had tons of sex, you're not trying new things. You will not understand sexuality, nor do you truly value it. I swear to God, every podcast, you drop a gem like that. (laughs) Every time. Dropping gems. You know, like, it just fucking, like, he just says shit, and then you're like, damn, son, that's some real ass shit. You're so good for my self-esteem. I love you. <laughs> All right. Our good next, luck, Kara. Yeah, good, good luck. Good luck, honey. Our next caller is Kay. Hi, Amber and Chris Donahue. Um, I'm Kay from the D.C. area. I have a really important question that I just can't find the answer to. Um... I'm dating this guy. I've been dating him for about three and a half months, and he's absolutely amazing. Honestly, I've never felt more confident in how a, feel guy, uh, how a guy feels for me. Um, now, my question is, we kind of want to bring a third party into the bedroom, but I don't want it to, you know, mess with our, you know, new kind of relationship, I guess. And um, But it's something that I've always wanted to do. Now, I've hooked up with girls in the past, but I've never, like, had sex with one, and I'm really interested in doing so. Um, I don't know how to answer that question, because initially I was going to be like, don't fucking do it, because it's only been three and a half months. And I feel like that's too soon if you really take this guy seriously. Not that it's really up to him to, like, for you guys to be together, but um, I personally wouldn't do it first three and a half months I just feel like that's not a long enough time span for me to like go the extra mile but the fact that you actually want to do it um I don't know Chris you're gonna have to answer this question (laughs) you're deferring it to me uh I have a couple thoughts Number one, how healthy is your current relationship? Because sometimes for a lot of people in our culture that don't have a lot of support or role models or people that are supportive of what you're trying to do by bringing in a third, um, you might not have the support you need. So I want to make sure you're in a relationship with someone where you can talk to them about it afterwards. You can go to them and say, this is what I liked about that or that didn't feel good to me. I want to not do that again. I want to make sure with a partner where you can talk to them about it ahead of time and talk about what you're okay having happen and what you don't want to have happen. Some people just jump in. 
and then they see something done that they would have preferred that they left to just them and their primary. So talk all that out ahead of time. And if your partner sounds like someone who's willing to sit there and hear your concerns and talk about a structure and some boundaries, and we'll talk to you about it afterwards, and you feel like if that didn't feel good, they'll be okay not doing it again, then you're in a solid relationship, you can handle it. But if you're in a relationship with someone where you don't necessarily feel like they have good communication skills, and you don't feel secure with them, you're just bringing in more complexity and you're probably not the right people to be doing it or not the right time. For sure. All right, those call those questions were pretty good yeah. this week. Okay, thanks for calling in. So uh, make sure you go to lovelinewithamberrose.com and subscribe and call us with your questions. Leave a voicemail for now. We're still waiting on our phone line. Um, you know this is a new podcast, so we're a little ghetto right now, but we're working on everything. Um, call us at two one three. 375-5258. That's 213-375-5258. Excuse me. And uh, tweet us at Loveline and use the hashtag Loveline. So again, guys, you guys are awesome about reaching out and hitting me up on my social media with all your questions, but you got to call in so we can answer them. Uh, what do we have coming up in the future for Loveline? We're getting a phone line so we can talk live. Yes. we're So basically, we're building a whole set yes. here at my house. And, we um, might do some live stuff where we might video it and you'll get to watch. Yeah, Facebook Live, we'll do um, videos, more pictures. We're going to have more guests come in. Yes, we have a roster we're building. Yes, we're building a roster. We're going to have more celebrities come in and talk. Um, and, and some not celebrities, some just really interesting, cool people that are going to stop by and it's going to be very informative and, you know, and, and really cool. Um, I'm really happy about our podcast. Yeah, I'm feeling really good. You guys are asking some good questions. We're doing some good work. We're getting good feedback. Mm -hmm. We're getting some notes of good feedback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, please remember, like when you, when you do hit us up on social media, it's really hard for us to give you full on answers because, you know, it's only 160 characters. <laughs> we can, we can write, we're not going to write out full answers. So make sure you call in and leave a voicemail. Should I give them the number one more time? One more time. Okay. It's 213-375-5258 and make sure you subscribe lovelinewithamberrose.com and talk to you next week. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.